Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 102 of Purple Hyacinth on The Story Tinker podcast. Today, we are with Fu and Somni. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so we're super excited to do this episode. It's called Calculated Crash, and we're going to split it in three, and Somni is going to start us off. <laughs> so we're analyzing. So yeah. the episode starts with our three lovely friends from the circus just hanging outside in the rain. I, I feel bad. Okay, I ramble a lot. I'm sorry if you guys don't do this. I ramble a lot. Um the whole time I saw this picture, I just kept thinking about how like they're getting soaked in those pieces of fabric <laughs> and they're just going to get drenched and it's going to be gross. But three of them standing out there and they get a call from someone asking for Loon or at least one of them alive. And we see clearly that one of them has the tattoo from the circus. I think a lot of people are saying that they think it's going to be Raphael. I've read that a lot. Yeah. Do okay, you guys have any so, thoughts on that? Yes. Last night when I saw that, I was like, that's that has to be Raphael and I'm not sure if I've introduced this theory like on podcast yet but I have this theory that the messenger isn't actually Raphael and I think that if it is actually Raphael here then he wouldn't be the messenger because it seems like messengers would mainly like stay to their posts when they do phantom sight business so I don't know if they would really go out on the field as a normal operative like I think the they try to keep messengers and apostles and PS operatives like everyone divided like that so that's why yeah I hear I hear that because I feel like being a messenger probably is like they don't want to risk their lives like they're maybe a little too yeah but yeah I think I also think having it be Raffaella would be great for plot purposes because there's Will in the building there's Lauren in the building and any encounter between them would just add so much drama and I think that would make for a great story Mm-hmm. I also Actually, think that oh, oh sorry go ahead. go ahead oh oh no you go ahead <laughs> I was gonna say I think it'd be it'd make most sense if it was Raphael because I like I feel like how Redcliffe you know he he's involved like he's one of the apostles but he doesn't really involve himself in these missions and then the messenger I feel like the messenger wouldn't involve himself in like foot man missions like I feel like yeah. it's lower people in the circus and then someone higher and then an apostle who's Redcliffe who's in charge of it all like mm-hmm. I, it wouldn't really make sense to me if the messenger just had two different like things to do yeah if the messenger does show up um sometime this arc like you know with the other ps operatives they would probably show up as the messenger themselves and not mm. you right. know because like as you guys said it's i don't think it would be worth Especially Radcliffe, I don't think he would want to risk the life of a messenger who he has been working so closely with for the bomb operation. Like maybe any other messenger, because uh, apparently the messengers do rotate around a bit with the apostles. 
only messenger seven is the only messenger that is working with apostle seven with apostle seven's whole bomb thing so for if i think this is the place right this is the place where apostle seven is storing his bombs so it wouldn't make sense for apostle seven to send out his messenger knowing that that messenger could get hurt or worse mm -hmm. yeah i also don't know if the other two are necessarily in the circus they might just be you know any random ps members yeah uh if they were in the circus i mean we have a plethora of circus characters that <laughs> they could be so i wouldn't be surprised if they were yeah, yeah, yeah i wasn't sure <laughs> we have a large was, group of them yeah. to choose from so <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was two characters who i was like hmm, i'm not sure if you guys are phantom scythe and they were artemis and morpheus like they are they were so wholesome i was like please don't be phantom scythe but when i saw those other two characters i was like i forgot about um eurydice or eurydice and orpheus and i was like oh my god i swear artemis morpheus if that's you no they just have um which one who are the two that like swing in the circus like swing together on the uh, oh yeah, it's like Zephyr, Eurydice, and Orpheus. I think they all do. Still. They're just gonna—they're just gonna have them go in there and swing off of these broken catwalks, like like it's the yeah. circus. And and Raphael just in there, just playing piano. There is no piano for me to play. <laughs> there is. No, um, yeah, but that was the analysis of that so far. And then well, I do have one thing to say, like the fact oh, that. Whoever whoever's talking to them on the radio says capture at least one of them alive means that they don't care about the other one. And it's that line is meant to induce anxiety in us, knowing that they only need one and that they easily kill the other one. Now I don't think they're gonna die. I don't think either Ida Lauren and Kira are gonna die because we need them for the story, but mm -hmm. it's supposed to make us scared of that. <laughs> it oh, it yeah. makes us scared of separation. Mm -hmm. And speaking about that. I believe it was Amelia on the PH Discord who suggested, like, what if the APD apprehends one of the Loon members, but the Phantom Scythe apprehends the other? And so then I was building onto that and I was like, okay, I if that does happen, then I think it would be Lauren who is captured by the Phantom Scythe and then Kieran who is captured by the APD because... If Kieran got captured by the Phantom Scythe, it would pretty. I think it'd be over for him. Oh yeah, like, no, I I remember you saying that because like, mm -hmm. it, yeah, they already tortured him numerous times. Yeah, like, exactly. if they do it again, I, it's not going to be torture anymore. It's it's Enzo. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it takes like thirteen men to take Kieran White down, I really don't think they're going to bother trying to torture him again. It's not really yeah. going it, to. It's like a slap on the wrist. They I, would probably just sick Bella on him <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, like, um. We've already seen Kieran White get hurt by the Phantom Scythe, right? So maybe that is like foreshadowing to this and he does get captured, but I don't think he would really have a good chance of survival unless he got external help, like if he was captured by the Phantom Scythe. However, if Lauren was captured by the Phantom Scythe, now that, mm -hmm. that would be spicy because there is like, a lot of the Phantom Scythe we actually learn about through Kieran, right? We're told a lot in, you know, just by by other characters. We're told how the Phantom Scythe works. But I think what the season and just the story overall would, like, really benefit from is, or at least it'd be, like, a really cool bonus, 
because I don't think it's really lacking that much but what would be really cool to see in the story is like operations from the phantom sites but more internal because like we have seen Bella and Kieran perspectives but we don't see them for very long so having a character actually go into the phantom scythe and explore all the inner workings i think would be really interesting i appreciated the one scene we had when we saw the leader i i just i i wasn't i had no real imagination about what it looked like inside the phantom scythe but when i got to see it i was like wow this is a really nice aesthetic you've set up and i like the interworkings of this and i would like to see more of it (laughs) initially oh sorry I was going to say that the whole thing Amelia said kind of opens up the opportunity that if they want to find Lauren, since no one knows where oh, the yes. site is, maybe Kim or Will will have to do something to like intervene and oh, get yes. Kieran. Yeah. So if Lauren goes into the Phantom Scythe, she's probably going to have a really big change in her views. Like, even though the Phantom Scythe is, you know, pretty bad, I think that just being around those type of people and seeing who actually makes up the phantom scythe and or and just like seeing how the phantom scythe operates i think she'll still be against the phantom scythe but i think she'll have a better idea overall of how she wants to take down this organization because you could take down the phantom scythe however the issue that brought the phantom scythe to the first place will still persist and so you also have to address that right Mm. you like you can cut off leaves but the tree will still be there (laughs) so it definitely gives her like a new perspective so yeah, it would definitely definitely be a great experience to develop Lauren's character and watch her grow. And yeah, she's also shot right now. I think we shall still remember that. Oh yeah. <laughs> like if she can't go back to work shot, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be like, hey, Lauren, why are you shot in the same place that Loon was shot? That's very <laughs> sus of you. So like, hey. I mean, oh, I guess if, they, if the APD got Karen though, they would probably figure out that Lauren's the other member of loon when she doesn't show up to work because of um Mm. because she was captured herself but like yeah that would be it would be very funny if she tried to show up to work like instead of a maid dress this time she has a bullet (laughs) i kind of i don't want to like derail too much but now i'm wondering if they needed another new mole if they have to keep getting moles what if they just were like hey Who's the second best at Kieran? Wow, Belladonna, do you want to go and give it a try? <laughs> He's like, oh, sure, I'd love to. Which actually makes me wonder now. Here's the, like, you ever thought about the fact that Harvey was placed as a mole, right? And Harvey's like a random guy, right? He's not anyone special. And then the next person they put in was Kieran. I feel like they over, they use someone too, like, experienced. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. what was their purpose for putting Kieran in specifically? Like, it wasn't just, I don't feel like it, it was just a regular mole mission. That was just because, it was specifically because of Loon, right? That they wanted a part to of me, A part of me feels like the reason that they did that is because they somehow realized that maybe Kieran was doing things they didn't want him doing. And they, I mean, he's, he's only like contract, like he's doing stuff when he's told to do it. But mm-hmm. if they have him being a mole, he has to report more often. It definitely gives them more opportunity to communicate with him and demand things of him mm-hmm. it's more like we get more tabs on you i think yeah and they say like the phantom side knows where kieran's apartment is located right and like, you know there's that line the phantom side his eyes and ears everywhere but then kieran took lauren to his apartment <laughs> in episode 36 mm-hmm. 
so it's it's quite possible that someone saw him there right uh i don't think abel sandman would be using the photos for blackmail or anything um i think he's pretty against the fandom side so he would try to avoid working with them and helping them figure out loon so but, yeah but maybe at some point we all think that something's going to happen to sandman and if they capture sandman they'll probably find those pictures oh true they oh, haven't sandman. done they didn't do it at the time like at the time that kieran was placed as a mole like he they didn't find sandman but it, yeah i mean definitely could happen in the future mm-hmm. so like it is i think already that the phantom scythe is already like aware of at least one person of loon whether yeah, it be lauren I, or kieran I, I think they know someone i do too i feel like they must <laughs> Yeah, so that we, before I forget, uh, if Kieran gets captured by the APD, right? Because one, one lead member goes to the PS, one lead member goes to the APD. I think just him, Will, and Kieran working together would be pretty fun. I mean, I know they're trying to get back Lauren because they don't know if she's dead or alive, but. I think it would be good development for Kieran, like to be separated from Lauren and be forced to work with these new people. Because if we like look back to episode 84, I think, yes. Yes. Um, he's like, I'm not one of them. And this would, he's like, I'm not, they're not really my friends and I'm not really one of them when he's referring to Kim and Will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would give him the perfect opportunity to actually bond with the people at the office away from Lauren because I think uh, I don't think it would work as well if Lauren was there because I think she'd be encouraging him I wait actually uh I I don't know if Lauren would encourage him because he's the PH but like Mm. I think she'd encourage him to be more open so I think I think he needs that development away from her just like how Lauren needs the development away from him yeah he needs friends (laughs) <laughs> boy needs friends he's a enfp he needs friends <laughs> blame blame a friend of mine for getting me really into mbti but he's extrovert can't be extrovert sad but um watch watch uh, eclipse not even be the four of them just the three of them <laughs> <laughs> that's fine hmm. but going back to analysis after that we have the lovely purple highs in title and then episode 102 and then we go into a panel that I want to talk about because I always think about this mm-hmm. there's like numerous panels where at times like serious times Kieran's eyes will just like light up and I've been trying to keep track of when they happen but every single time they do it's like he goes numbness mode and in this one right after like the events of the last chapter where he just shot those people like mm-hmm. he's he's like zoning out he's like oh this just happened then his eye is like slightly shining I always think that's a nice detail and I want to like discuss what I think that means with somebody have you guys ever yeah I mean it's funny because I know somebody mentioned on the last podcast when we had this they were like they were trying to see his eyes to see if they were dead eyes like he had after like Chandelier Man and a few a few other times so it's funny that you're looking like kind of for the opposite yeah, I think because it did that in 43 during a panel. Right. It, I think it happened during another panel in another chapter, but it always seems like there's something behind it whenever it happens. 
And I think it's more like his loss of humanity is that when that happens, it's mm-hmm. good to see. But at, at this point, he's just shot them and like the world's kind of stood still. And then he calls back to Lauren asking if she's okay. And it's like, everything starts going back into motion. And she's realizing that he just saved her. And- They saved them, yeah. They saved them, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, as it's pretty obvious by Kieran, the way that he's framed, that he's very numb right now. It's uh, like, he's probably reliving something. I wouldn't be surprised, which I, I will mm. talk about later. And as, as Lauren's watching him, I think when he remembers that Lauren is shot, that's what like snaps him out of it because just the difference in his expressions from the first panel of him to the second panel of him, with Lauren in between. And yeah, when he turns around and that's when Lauren realizes. He slaps this car. This Kieran White can fit so much adrenaline induced worry into it. He's no, he's I like concerned he is. I, <laughs> I like never cry at Purple Hyacinth chapters. I think this is like the first or second one I've actually cried at because mm-hmm. I was like, Kieran White, you are one of my comfort characters. Do not make me sad right now. <laughs> but after this, she realizes like he just saved them and he hasn't killed anyone else tonight except for them. And that was like when we were specifically in like life or death danger. Mm-hmm. And he, once again, that slaps car adrenaline kicks in and he drags her out. And, you know, he, like, she's the one thing on his mind right now. Like, not even other people, like, it's okay. I got you. Everything's fine. And he carries her out. And man, this man is like falling apart. He's like a Humpty Dumpty, like, after it's fallen on the ground and <laughs> glued together with like toothpaste. But he's still bringing her out there. And she says that I've never seen him use a gun before and his aim was perfect. Ooh, I love it. I love that because, you know, I mean, we all kind of like, we're thinking this, well, we, not kind of, we all were thinking this before, but I like how the authors are hammering this point home that like, you know, there's something there about Kieran and gun use. He knows how to use and he doesn't use it. And like what you said about him being traumatized, I think is a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so we know that there was a character that Kieran was protective of, right? Bella makes this statement, like, this character, like, he was super protective of, and, like, to the extent of, like, you know, how he, how protective he is over Lauren, because Bella said, wow, I haven't seen you so protective over someone, referring to Lauren, since dot dot dot, we don't actually know um, who that person is, but I think just based on his reaction in this episode to Lauren getting shot, as we'll see a bit later in a few more panels, I definitely think this protective character that Karen was protective over, they were definitely shot and that's probably how they died. And there's a line, uh, there's a line that Bella says, or maybe it's Karen. One of the two says, wait, no, I think it's Karen. He says like, the re- we both used guns for or we both avoid guns for like very different reasons something like that I think and I Karen. think yeah I think that's Karen I think he avoids guns out of his own trauma right and then Bella avoids guns because of Redcliffe's expectations of her because I'm pretty sure Redcliffe is the one who forces her to use the golden viper venom hmm. interesting yeah I'm curious on what Bella's thing is I guess we'll find out too 
but that's a good theory about Kieran, you know, not using a gun because of the person he loved being killed. Hmm. It'd be even more interesting if he was the one that had to use the gun on them. <gasps> yep. No, don't say that. I know, I know we love to hurt our hearts here, but that's too much. I'm numb to my own dumb ideas at this point. So it just hurts other people. Um, but Tell after me. that. Sammy, you can't hurt me. I talked to Olivia about this months ago. You can't hurt me with this. I know. I know we I speculated already know. already, but I also read it somewhere or thought about it myself. I don't remember, but like, yeah, I was like, push that thought away. <laughs> but also somebody pointed out on the Discord, I forgot who, that Kieran used his voice and both of them have been very careful mm-hmm. not to speak, but he just shouted. So I wouldn't, I don't, we don't see Will and Kim mention it, but I do wonder if they'll remember later. Mm-hmm. But I'm recognize- wondering, like, yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking about that too. Sorry, Sami. Oh, no, oh, okay. I was just gonna say, like, it's maybe they recognized his voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was worried about that, right? Because he did disguise his voice earlier in this arc. But there's also like a lot of. I think there's also a lot of explosions and gunfire going on right now, yeah. even though like we don't see it in the panels. Um, so like. I'm not sure how loud it is in the in this building and if anyone like outside of Lauren's vicinity would actually be able to hear him. Sure. So he might be safe this one time. Just mm-hmm. this once, please. Mm-hmm. Just one God, just one good day. You oh. again, buddy. <laughs> I don't know, because this one little detail of nobody recognizing his voice is not gonna make him safe. This not in this episode. Mm-hmm. The the circus people from outside are just like, hmm recognize that voice that seems pretty similar oh, no. oh yeah like did karen work in the circus that's a that's a theory for a whole other episode mm-hmm. yeah. hmm. oh should i share i think i'll share the athena's the messenger theory at the end since it's not okay. relevant right now but let me continue so we can get on to your analysis because mine is hushed and it's going to get so self-indulgent in the next few panels and i'm yes, so I sorry appro- <laughs> i approve i approve Sabni, please Oh my God. Um, So he brings her down and he sets her by some boxes and she's trying to thank him. And then she realizes after he hastily rips her jacket off, because like his modus operandi right now is, is Lauren okay? She just got shot. Need to be as fast as I can, which I also lend to the whole theory you said before of how the person he loved was shot. Like I need to work as fast as I can because what if he couldn't be fast enough before? Oh, <laughs> wow. It's so tragic. And I think he's trying to talk. He's talking at this moment like, you're really breathe- You're really bleeding. You're bleeding all over. And I feel some part of me is like, is he talking to himself to calm himself down? Mm-hmm. I think that maybe. And she's trying mm-hmm. to tell him, I'm fine. It's just my bicep. I think Lauren is the type of person where she'll just like try to wipe everything off. Like, mm-hmm. I just got a concussion. It's fine. I'm going to go jump around on the roof at the Carmen Camellia. I just got bonked in the head. It's cool. I'm going to just go straight back to work. It's fine. I just got shot in the bicep. You know what? It's fine. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, you're not fine. Stop worrying about everybody else. And he grabs her face. <gasps> I think about that often. <laughs> I know. But when I first saw this, I was like, Am I seeing things? I was like, am I delusional? There's no way they actually have this real romantic moment. I was like, that's what I thought. Tell me. He did not not explain this away. This is romantic. At least at the very least caring. I was like, this is this is proof. Nobody can argue with this. And I cannot believe this is happening. That's the thing that gets me. 
is that 93 he wants to like comfort her and touch her head but he doesn't but in this moment he's so overwhelmed by how worried he is about her that he doesn't hesitate and he actually holds her cheek (sighs) we're dead but but i think that you know like i said he's like very like patient like he's not pushing things he's not trying to push her boundaries say i can't do this i don't want to like put you out of your comfort zone but in this moment i think he's not even thinking about that like he's more concerned about if she's okay and part of his body is just trying to calm himself down by like touching her making her she's still there like calm down it's cool it's fine and then the panel that absolutely destroys me is when he says do you even realize and his eyes are shaking (laughs) oh dear god (laughs) I was so shocked to see this level of emotion in Kieran and this level of effuseness or effusivity, whatever. He's not one to talk about his feelings. Like he's sarcastic all the time. He never is real. And here he's just, you see like a glimpse of the real Kieran coming out, like the one that he tries to hide all the time. Oh, so beautiful. It is. And she sees it for that time. Like in the rare time she has seen it. I think the last time she saw it was like 43. And now she's seeing it again right now when he's like screaming like do you even realize it's it's like a really stark difference like the last time I saw you be so human was when you know 43 happened and now it's like you're telling me you care about me and like do you even realize how much your life means like she's he says you could have died when he said you could have died god damn it what I thought about was how Kieran maybe in his heart of hearts kind of acknowledges what Lauren means to him and how she's really the only like human that we know of at least who has a relationship with him like a normal like friend-to-friend relationship with him and like the thought of losing that is just so has it's just overcoming him so much that he can't put the facade on anymore he can't it's cracking and there's also the whole like I want humanity but and I'm okay with it being taken away because it's always, it's already been taken away for like years, but you don't want to lose that humanity. Like, I don't want you to lose yourself because, mm. you know, you actually deserve it. You actually have people that care about you. I don't oh. want you losing that. So then she notices this and he's like, wait, he's injured too. And he was even hurt before we came in here. And she's trying to like, tell him it's going to be okay. And he's, like panicking, like handshaking. I got you. I'm patching you up. Dr. Kieran in the house. Make <laughs> <laughs> doctor in the house. And she's like, shh, it's okay. And she grabs his hand. Once again, how could they do this to me <laughs> on or a Monday death. night at eight o'clock? <laughs> um, and she looks him in the eyes and she grabs his hands and said, I'm really fine. And he looks at her like in the eyes. And I think this is one of the only times besides like the awkward conventions or awkward, like, is this okay moments where they just look at each other in the eyes, like meaningfully. Mm-hmm. And Kieran's face in that moment, just to me, exudes panic. And normally Kieran, I think, is very much in control of himself and control of his emotions. But he is, he's been pushed past that point where he's kind of in emotion zone and past like the rational zone. Like I've never seen him have that expression before. And it was very humanizing to me because he's a very self-possessed person normally. And we come to rely on him as somebody who can always be there and be relied upon to have his rational faculties. But to see him panicked was just, it was great to see him be humanized in that way. Like it was he's great not to see perfect. him at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's, de- he's definitely reliving something. 
like I think yeah he's you know being in the phantom size he's probably seen this moment like seeing someone get shot right he's probably seen this moment who knows how many times countless times right and a lot of the times I bet the people that he's just watching don't survive and you know it's Karen was able to you know perfectly shoot all those people in the last chapter so it is most likely that he did get formal uh, gun training and so we don't the thing is we don't know what Kieran was training on oh no so like <laughs> little children okay I can't I can't say oh so, oh oh whoa there sorry 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 whoa but little puppets 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 they meant puppets P- puppets <laughs> Small sized puppets, almost human sized, child sized puppets. Sorry. <laughs> and then the next part. Oh, um, before we do that, oh. um, I don't know if you, I think it was wrong, but like the, the part where Lauren extends her hand to him. So at first I thought that she extended her hand and then um, she paused, but it looks actually like Kieran was just, you know, kind of took his hand away to um, tie her shirt, tie, sorry, tie the, the bandage that he was bandaging around her arm. But I thought it was a, a really good parallel to 93 where he, almost touches her and then he goes back but this is kind of like this is the complete circle you know she tries to touch him and it doesn't happen and then she she does do it so they're not hesitating anymore they're not going away, further away from each other they are going closer like they're they are taking that final step the hesitation motif that shows up is not appreciated enough <laughs> i appreciate it so much in everything they do there's always like a really weird bit of hesitation with the two of them and I I like that with okay so with Lauki like their whole motif is like hesitation I think with Kiwi their whole thing is uh restraint like holding back so Hmm. I I don't know I think for them it's more like being unaware at this point I don't think either of them recognizes that they might have some feelings toward each other Hmm. that's true I can appreciate that as well. Maybe I'm just hoping for things. I'm self-indulgent with my love of these people. Oh, yeah. I mean, what'll happen eventually? (laughs) It's got to be. But yeah, I agree. I, when she grabs his hand, I love how that just like pulls him out of it. I love it so much. I can't even say. I, when I read this chapter, I was like, have I died and gone to heaven like what did I do to deserve all this like emotional relational content I was like what are so often ever doing they're finally giving in and like indulging us and giving us what we want am I am I, am I dreaming <laughs> am I am is this something happening I thought I didn't deserve a second 93 but I guess I get two desserts okay thank you mm-hmm. um but then she kind of opens up and she's like it's okay there's other officers and then she says the line like I'm not ready to watch anyone die again like I think she's like losing her mind she's losing her composure and she just lets it out like she does not want anyone else hurt and she chokes on saying this like I don't want anyone to die in an explosion and I don't know if that was like an accidental confession or that was like on purpose but he definitely responds to it but she cuts him off yeah, which is, um, it's so funny. You can tell Kieran hasn't like done any prying into her background because mm-hmm. like anyone who knows her knows that she's like obsessed with the ATSD and like he doesn't know. So he hasn't been curious of like, dude, like, I don't know about you, but me and my girlfriends, like when we get to know someone, like we know this kind of stuff, you know, like <laughs> it's a pretty big thing to not be curious about, to not find out about. 
Mm-hmm. I, well, it's the first time he's they, cried. Yeah, they've. I think it, they're both losing their composure right now because it's very stressful for both of them, right? Kieran is probably reliving something, right? I'm. I'm pretty sure we're gonna get a scene. <laughs> I don't know when, maybe 50 episodes from now and maybe even more whenever, because uh, we're supposed to get Karen's backstory in like season three. Um, whenever Karen's backstory rolls around and we actually meet this protectee, if they exist, I hope they exist and we're not all insane. Um, there's in When the protectee dies, assuming they die, they'll probably <laughs> die. There's, I'm willing to bet money that there's going to be a scene in direct parallel to this. Like, maybe like he reaches for their hand or something but it's already limp or (gasps) (laughs) you know just something like that you know where you can like like, you can see like this is basically the same scene but in a different font in that font being the protecting is already dead it's hell yeah um i think you're smart he's gonna start picking up on Lauren being, uh, you know, very compassionate about the events that transpired at Allendale. And so that's why he says, what were you talking about? And, you know, when you think of explosion in the PH universe, you think of Allendale because that was the most insane and terrorist attack to like even happen like in recent memory, like if not longer. So Karen is probably going to assume that Lauren had something to do with Allendale right um you know her family's her family is money and Allendale was it seemed Allendale was in the first precinct which is which I think is pretty I believe the first precinct is pretty rich and wealthy so it makes sense for her to be there right and so to like witness the opening and that's when the bombing happened so Karen's going to be like hmm if Lauren was at the explosion and survived did she like know someone who didn't survive or something? Because a lot of people did, uh, you know, a lot of people did lose loved ones there. So he's probably, he might realize that like, oh, hey, Lauren probably lost someone very important to her, uh, you know, whenever so. that explosion happened. And that's what's fueling her to uh, take down the Phantom Scythe and to, and what fueled her to join him, partly at least. I think he'll ask her directly, but I mean, question is, when are they going to be reunited again for that to happen? But, <laughs> but yeah. So the next part, I suppose we are on, would be she cuts him off when he's like trying to pry, and she says, "Do you still have enough left to come with me?" Which and I love. She, I feel like that's so into into like emotionally intelligent of her. Like she. She recognizes that he is not doing so well and she also is close enough to ask him that like I don't think that she would have asked him that earlier it's a very you know human question where you you admit and you tell the other person I know you're not doing well um can you do this I think that that's just a mark of their relationship oh yeah and then he responds with the I'm the highest love. We'll not get over that he calls her that. We'll not get over it, even if it's just like a nickname. I'm, I'm like, no. Okay. It's he. He doesn't call her like I don't know dumpster trash. That's not his nickname. He calls her love. I'm the purple hyacinth dumpster truck, the most fearsome assassin in the city, and I'm your dumpster truck. 
But I really think will you be that the this dumpster? Is- Oh my God. Oh my Will you be the garbage to my dumpster truck? I'm the purple hyacinth dumpster truck, the most fearsome assassin in the city, and I'm your garbage. I'm the garbage to your dumpster truck. Like PH, but everyone has like random names. Like just Kim, Kim, uh, Kim, garbage can Liddell, William, William Man recycle appeal. bin Hawks. He would be a recycle bin. Oh, he would. Oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> Just identifying well, I love compost. Oh my god, I- identifying purple hyacinth characters with different waste bins. Oh god. Hag William Hawks is the recycle bin. I think that Lila gives compost yeah, energy. Mm-hmm. Kieran is glass. Well, besides for garbage dumpster, but Kieran because he's no Herman is glass. He's all sharp and jagged. Oh my god! I'll make you bleed. <laughs> Wait, Lucas is like the, the like the trash can that burns everything, or like a wood chipper. Yes, yes. Oh my god, Belladonna is no. You know what? No, like Nera is one of those fancy trash cans that you find in a rich person bathroom or at like a restaurant. Where it's like, is this actually a trash can? It looks too nice to put trash right. inside. <laughs> anyway, but the he says the line, "I'm the purple hyacinth love," and it says frown. A lot of people, I think, in Phantom Side pointed this out mm. that. Like frown hasn't appeared too often. It appeared mm-hmm. one other time, and I'm trying to remember when. But he doesn't look like he's frowning, and I wonder why. Maybe this is just the whole COVID. I can't see your true smile because you're wearing a mask thing. But his, I wonder why. Yeah. He's his eyebrows are a bit furrowed, which yeah. could be why the frown is. Maybe he's saying like, Lauren, like, why are you doubting me? Like really like you know I can do this like you don't think highly enough of me we're like Lauren I'm the purple oh. hyacinth dumb truck <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> in the city. I thought that he was like still lingering on that moment of like what what are you talking about because like there's sudden she mm-hmm. uh she switched topics right so he's like what what was she talking about but he's still responding to her question right so internally he's he's thinking about it he's thinking about what lauren said about not wanting to see more people die in explosions Mm. uh but you know externally he's like okay let's do this you know who i am don't doubt me don't doubt my abilities darling and then you know (laughs) don't joke (laughs) so what do you think of his use of the term love i'd love to hear your opinions oh i think he's just i think he's still using it as like you know nickname Okay. The thing is, he just started using it recently. Mm-hmm. That has something to it. There's something to this. He never called her that before. Why is he doing it now? I mean, okay, listen, I have a little bit of a bone to pick because, oh, no. like, I think it's just me just not, like, like, I think I'm just not interpreting things like how a bunch of other people are doing it, but, like, I keep seeing scenes, right? And people are like, oh, this is so romantic. Uh, Kieran's being romantic. And I'm like, and I like think about it. And I'm like, if if we like switched one of the characters, like with Will or something, where the story would per- where the story would be like, you know, those two probably won't be endgame. So it'd probably be more platonic of an interaction, but like everything stayed the same. Would people still consider it romantic? I will would use this word love. Hmm. The thing is, is like with Lauki, I always wonder different nicknames. And I mean, love, 
I don't think every single moment with the two of them on screen is romantic. I'm not one of those people. Like I love it intensely, imaginably OTP forever, but I'm not one of those people who's like, wow, Kieran and Lauren are stuck in a closet together. They must be in love. <laughs> like, no, I, I think at least during the whole factory arc we've seen so far, love as a term is just playful. Like, it's just like a, oh, come on, love, don't do this. And, you know, people say that they speak in British accents. I mean, it, it lends itself to that as well. I literally never thought of that. <laughs> I don't think of them with British accents just because exactly. I'm in a dub and they don't use it. And yeah. I, I don't use it. I mean, would I give Kim Liddell a British accent? Maybe I could, but I'm not gonna because it would feel uncomfortable. But I literally, I literally can't imagine like Will, Kim, or Kieran with a British accent. Kieran mostly. Like if Kieran had a British accent, Willem, where are my watermelons? <laughs> yeah. Oh my I don't think there any restrained, Willem. Oh. Yeah, I realize like I, I don't hear any voices in my head at all when um when I read like novels or webtoons. Like I don't. I just, I'm not an auditory person, so I just, I don't hear anything. <laughs> and but that's, yeah, but I, I think it goes into the whole like British thing, maybe as a possibility, just love, but you know, I, I can dream, I can dream. <laughs> but then he says that I'm your partner and she comes back with, thank you, partner. Let's take the catwalks. Oh, she has a little smirk on her face. Well, well, they both had that yeah. same spirit. Yeah before, we move on, yeah, before we move on, just to finish my th- thought, I do ship Lockie. Like, I've shipped it more, like, months ago, and I've kind of just moved on a little bit now. But, like, I do like their relationship. I just get confused when people will label scenes as romantic because I just, I always saw this scene as more endearing than anything else. Uh, because, like, I mean, she got shot. I think it's I think it's just the logical conclusion that he would be concerned for her because he does care for her. But I think there's a difference between caring for someone and then being romantic about it because I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't think this would be a romantic scene. I agree with you. I don't think they're at the romance stage yet, but they're at the point of like caring for each other. (laughs) Yeah. They definitely care for each other. I think it's like that. Yeah. I think they're really good friends who care for each other like at this point but I don't think that they've really gotten to the point where I'd root for a romance mainly because I want to see them talk about the episode that episode the unnamed episode first because I think oh. like uh I think their personal relationship like I think Loon could operate without them ever talking about it but I think for their personal relationship they still need to talk about that episode because I mean we had episode 93 which was you know a mirror to that episode but they didn't actually address it and I think these two need to like sit down at some point and have a good serious um, Mm -hmm. talk about it yeah and then I think that would be a good moment where they can start moving forward give it a little bit of time because it'd be kind of awkward if they got romantic after that but yeah they could totally get romantic after that <laughs> well when food says it can be romantic we know it's good <laughs> it can be and i root for it but let me go on so we can get through this whole episode because man we we have not even scratched the surface i'm kind of glad that they cut the episode in two. <laughs> well, there's I think so it's much actually more. yeah i think it's actually food uh, it's the kim and will section oh yeah sorry so 
Uh, oh yeah, sorry, need- I forgot the catwalk. Go ahead. But yeah, uh, yeah. So Lauren says, "Let's take the catwalks," and so they're going to be crossing over the factory. And we cut to Kim, Will, and Lucas. Uh, Will is on his radio, and Kim is examining Lucas. Uh, Will is yelling, "Officer down!" Requesting immediate medical assistance. And then Will looks over to Kim and says, Kim, Loon got shot earlier. One of them saved us, but the other was down, if that's what you think. And mm-hmm. so I think Will right now is thinking that the one who saved them, they probably don't know, but the one, which means that the one who got shot is probably Lauren, because I think they both know that Lauren doesn't have um, a shot as good as Kim. Like the skill that Kieran showed was like you know kim uh she's the sharpshooter so i don't think lauren would have as good as aim as kieran or kim so they're probably think and these two probably know that from working with her so they're probably like if lauren was in loon she's the one who got shot also to me it's like to me it's fairly obvious which one's kieran was from lauren because of their hair mm-hmm. but i guess they didn't notice because like i mean will was chasing one and Lord, and you know she was chasing Kim was chasing the other and she suspected that one was Lauren so I kind of assumed that they were able to tell the difference mm-hmm. but also I mean listen they were in a very uh, this whole thing took was very quick and it was also from far away so the truth is I don't yeah. know if they would have seen which one of them it was mm-hmm. and there's like you know there's a ton of chaos right now a ton of smoke uh they probably weren't as focused on moon as they were focused on trying to get out so yeah. they might not they might have an idea of who was who but like them them knowing that one of them got shot and then the other one was shooting right to the ps people is probably what told them like who is who in the situation and we see uh the next panel is kim and she says what where did that presumably she's gonna say what uh where did that happen or um yeah and her expression is probably her expression looks like realization realization so she's like she's probably realizing right now that uh lauren got shot like if she because she's pretty sure that uh you know that lynn member is lauren and then she she puts her hand to her face uh, to cover her eyes and she's like shit shit okay lucas because you know she's probably thinking that you know her best friend got shot so and she says we need to focus on lucas right now because you know there's nothing we can really do about lynn and her hands are all bloody and it's like there's a lot of blood in this whole episode it just really drives home the seriousness of what's going on Mm-hmm. and then we get a panel of will he's shaking his head and he says you're right and kim takes a very unsteady inhale her hands were shaking and it's yeah these two are very concerned about lauren right now I feel so bad for them oh what are they gonna oh, i'm so curious <laughs> okay sorry mm-hmm. do you think do you think Kim is going to blame this on herself? Because, Why? because if if Loon was able to evacuate along with Kim and Will, then this probably wouldn't have happened, right? However, yeah, I agree. both teams got held up because of Herman order. Yeah, stupid. And I don't. I know Herman <laughs> ordered it. Like I know Herman ordered Kim to arrest Loon, right? But. I still think Kim had the autonomy in this situation to not listen to that because she knew uh, she knew like the stakes at this point, right? She knew that like 
this place is filled with bombs i i feel like kim is the smartest character in my opinion like of the 04 so i think she would realize that like now isn't the best time to try and confront moon because we don't know what's going to happen we don't know how long this will take us and right now the most important thing is to get out of this building yeah it was filled with ps so, members that they just temporarily knocked out like why would you not get out ASAP? exactly like i don't get that so <laughs> i think i think it's quite possible that kim you know when she reflects on this you know on on these episodes it won't be episodes for her it'll be reality for her but like you know what i mean when she reflects on this time um i i suspect she's gonna feel a lot of guilt because if she hadn't tried to arrest loon right if she had taken the initiative and taken the responsibility to be like no i'll address this later but right now the most important thing is to get out then none of this would have probably happened because they would have had the time to leave right so it, yeah. but since she did hold up um loon loon is trapped in here lauren is shot right lucas is shot because <laughs> lucas has come in and helped them because they almost got shot right <laughs> so she's probably gonna feel really guilty for this and she might end up blaming uh mm-hmm. you know the events of this evening on her so yep so Kim is going over what happened to Lucas. He sa- uh, she says, unconscious but still breathing, three bullets, one in his arm, the other in his leg, and the last one to the chest blocked by the vest. We need to get him out of here. And she turns to look out for an exit way. And Will says, it's too dangerous to move him now. He fell from the second floor. Even if the vest blocked the bullet, he still may have severe internal damage. And how the hell are we supposed to carry him through a shootout? Uh, poor Will. I like it. You know, it makes a lot more sense that like Kim is much more impetuous than Will. Kim's like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And Will's like, but no, he's more, a little more fearful and a little more like, a little more cognizant of risks. You know, some people are risk takers and some people are risk sensitive some people, um, and some people are, are not. And like Kim is not risk sensitive and Will definitely is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Tony, did you want to say anything? I was going to say, maybe that also goes into the whole, like, he's a lieutenant and she's, she's a sergeant. Like, he's more rank ahead yeah. of her. And I think she's letting her impulse and, like, worry kind of drive her a bit more. Mm-hmm. I think at this point... Will is more concerned to staying safe and then Kim is like, we just need to get out of here. Like she exactly. wants to leave this place. So Kim turns around uh, because, you know, Will's protesting and she's, she says, and what kind of medevac do you expect to find in here? We have to at least try. He's losing too much blood. And uh, Lucas is, Lucas, uh, he, he kind of whispers, uh, mumbles it because, you know, he's, Dying. he's very injured right now and he says I-, I told you i'd kill both of you if i had to listen to any more of your bickering and he stumbles through that <laughs> i love lucas i love him so much i love it he's possibly dying but he just won't stop being grumpy cat i love it even on my deathbed you will be the death of me <laughs> it's so heartening it was like 
it was a good moment of humor and levity to break up this very intense episode. And mm-hmm. I love pe- when people are like that. Um, I, I, ser- I hope I don't get into an accident, but I hope that if I do, I crack jokes like this because it's so inspiring. You know, I, I love it when people don't crack under pressure and when they, you know, can have their wits about them and their personality and make the best of things. So I love you, Lucas, you're the best. Mm-hmm. He may also, I think, he may also be trying to like take his mind away, right? <laughs> from what's actually going on because like uh, he's gonna be in the hospital for a bit if he survives this. <laughs> So, like, I think, you know, as much as, like, Lucas says that he hates it, I think, like, deep down he does, like, listening to them bigger because, like, I don't know. It's entertaining. It's friends. Yeah. It's very entertaining. I think he sees them as friends, like, even mm-hmm. as much as he hates them. Yeah. He probably recognizes that they like each other before they do. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, will you shut up and kiss already kind of friend. Yeah. He and Lauren their energy together i also this is completely random but lucas and bella or lucas and darcy interacting like literal perfection if that ever does happen it'll only be for like three panels but i would literally take those panels and frame it in my room because it would just be glorious (laughs) yeah lucas is such a good character he doesn't get that enough recognition so uh will and kim both turn to look at him because they think he's they thought he was unconscious right he's listening to them and he was like lucas did you say something and uh he's coughing as he says this and he says i said i'd cough kill you if you don't um shut any wheezes up and kim says hey 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 stay with me look at me look at me and Will, uh, he goes a little bit out to survey the situation from behind some boxes. Um, sorry, one second. Uh, and Kim says, demons don't die so easily. We'll get you out of here, okay? <laughs> the smile is so sweet. <laughs> and Will said, uh, not Will, uh, Luke says, you worried? And he says, pathetic. And Ken says, haha, are those going to be your last words? Please. Um, and Lucas says, finally, won't have to deal with any wheezes. Your shit. <laughs> and he's very strange right now, <laughs> but he's still trying, he's still making that time to. Be witty a bit. So, what are your bets? Do you think Lucas is going to survive or die? He's going to survive. Okay. I don't think they would kill him at this point. I feel like someone said in the past that Sofer F said that Lula will be canon. So, I don't think it would make entire sense if he died. Yeah. No, you know, he could still die. I wouldn't like it. My boyfriend doesn't read Purple Hyacinth. But when I told him, like, Lucas may be in danger, he was like, what? <laughs> I think if I, I hope Lucas doesn't die, because that's the only thing tying my boyfriend to Purple Eyes. It's hilarious. <laughs> Lucas I don't think shouldn't Lucas die. die because, oh, yeah. yeah. 
Lucas can't die because then Lila will be very sad and we will never get more Lucas interaction. <laughs> and I think as a fandom, we need those Lucas interactions with the other characters. They are they are very healing. <laughs> the oasis in the desert. <laughs> yeah. Like just we're surrounded by angst, but then there's Lucas. <laughs> so uh, Kim shouts to Will, Will, his breathing is failing. We have to. And Will picks up Lucas. Um and uh, it begins to carry him like on his back and he says okay they just told me some of the SWAT team cleared away here we'll start moving and join up with them they'll bring Randall uh, they'll bring Randall outside cover me from behind and Kim says okay let's move quickly and pray that we don't die and now we switch to the catwalks and there's a bunch of banging going on, so lots of shooting. And tap, tap, tap. Karen and Lauren are on the catwalks. And Karen asks Lauren, how many clips do you have left? Now, I didn't look this up. Clips is not just one bullet. It's like like a oh, string of oh. bullets, right? They're, um, they're like little cartridges that you put inside the gun. Mm-hmm. So it contains a certain amount of bullets for the okay. gun. So if they have two clips, I'd say it's about like five or ten. Okay. Depending on the gun, at least. Right. So she says two, and then at this moment we um, zoom up above to this like venting, venting piping um, above them on the catwalk, and somebody sticks out a gun and says, "Perfect timing, loon," and the person shoots the gun, and we see the person has the tattoo, um, circus tattoo on their wrist, and the it it like cuts through the ropes holding this piping together, holding piping up. It crashes down onto the catwalk, right? Like we see Lauren's terrified face and, you know, the blood like dribbling down her, her hands. And Kieran yells, look out. And it cracks right in between them and it smashes the, cracks that catwalk in two. And now Lauren and Kieran are separated by a gulf. And all that catwalk has like fallen down to the floor. Boom, boom, literally says done. <laughs> Law and order, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So high drama. Yeah. And Karen again. People, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say I saw people saying that the hand looks more masculine. <laughs> so some people were thinking, is this Raphael? It might be Raphael. So. Well, I, I don't think you can see much in this particular hand. But yeah. Okay. Uh, the one where it's like perfect timing loom. Like now I'm wondering, is that something that Raphael would say? I mean, I don't we have his character much I, I don't know if that would be like something that sound like he would say but it, it most likely is him mm-hmm. yeah I think we'll find out very soon who, who it is yeah. <sighs> so Kieran again is like super concerned about Lauren we love you he says the catwalk are you and she's like I'm okay keep going and stop them we can't waste any more time and she's clutching her hand her arm like you can see it's hurting her um despite what she said earlier and I, I believe her I believe that she's fine because she they will have adrenaline running through them that lets them ignore their injuries um i don't know if you guys have had it but i know there's definitely been times where i had like oh i know (laughs) i used to run mud runs and like there was one time where i was i ran in and in the morning like before i ran i had a twisted ankle my ankle was like i was like limping when i did the mud run i was like running and i totally didn't notice it all the time because i was filled with adrenaline but anyway so i but it is catching up to lauren and she, you know, she's sweating and she's like, I'll find another way. I'll catch up with you soon. And he's like, you sure? Mm-hmm. Be careful. She's like, you too. 
And I, as soon as I read like, I'll catch up to you, I was like, you are not catching up to him. This is like foreshadowing. This is not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I completely forgot about this scene yesterday when I was theorizing like who would get captured by who. But yeah, Kieran's going ahead, right? He'll probably make it out, get apprehended by the APD. But then Lauren's going to get stuck behind in the factory and probably, you know, the Circus Royale person's going to catch up to her and, you know, pick her up. So. I was going to say unrelated kind of, but there could be, I know, I know, okay, I play a lot of video games. (laughs) My grandma was a nurse. If someone gets a bullet wound, the thing is to not take the bullet out because Mm. that can Mm -hmm. cause more bleeding. And when Kieran patched her up, he did not remove the bullet. He just covered it and patched it so it wouldn't bleed harder. If the bullet gets jostled while it's in her arm, it could loosen itself and cause more bleeding. So I'm guessing that she started to bleed more, not only just from running, but because the whole catwalk like fall, fell and she had to like hold herself on to it, like on the railing. I'm mm. guessing the bullet's kind of lodging itself out and that's why it's hurting more. That was a very knowledgeable explanation. (laughs) I play video games. But yeah, I feel like maybe that's why she's doing that. But she's also sweating because, man, I almost just fell off of a catwalk and died. Yep. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and then Kieran proceeds. And I'm like, wow, okay. So now we go back to um, sorry, Kim on the ground. We have, you know, the catwalk has just fallen down. And then we have cough, cough. There's the APD mask on the floor, the gun on the floor. And then Kim looking up at the debris saying, holy shit, Will? And we see that it's fallen like right in front of her. And he is on the other side and he says, I'm okay. The whole catwalk just came down. Kim, are you? Which is like, okay. He also cares about her. But again, I agree, not romantic. This is like what any normal set of people together would say. And she's like, go. I'm stuck on the other side. You have to bring Randall to medical. If you wait for me, he's not going to make it. I'll be okay. He won't leave me. No. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> Which is, I mean, 100% sensible and super dramatic and super, I guess, anyway, it's just great. It's wonderful. And Will's not happy about it. Like, he goes, <laughs> But he does it. And he's like, okay, Kim, don't move. I'll come back for you soon, I promise. Which reminds me of what I say to my kids, by the way. Which I've been telling them a lot because we're at train stations. I'm like, don't move. Don't get lost. <laughs> but, and she sighs. And we have a panel of her boot. And there's a throb. And she's like, yeah, I don't think moving will be a problem. Because she is, uh, that is stuck under a giant metal thing. And she's like, no gun, no bag, one leg. <laughs> Everything's fine the end <laughs> uh, what's the bag yikes, yikes. Bag um, is i was reading that was like bag hmm. you might have had uh, did she have a gun she had them before have, like, and lucas threw yeah. her a bag number of bullets and stuff so maybe that yeah. was she meant to. no ammunition oh, if yeah. she could find a gun i was gonna um, say the whole when he says i'll come back for you soon i promise Whatever yeah. anyone in any media says, <laughs> I'll come back for you. I promise. It never ends well. Yeah. It's the same, the same thing as like, I'll meet with you later, like you're in Lauren said. I have this theory. My theories aren't smart. You know that. But <laughs> I was like, if Lauren meets up with Kim, 
Kim may pretend that she's Loon or sw- swap clothing so that they take Kim instead. Because Kim can't move. Kim is stuck. But if Kim can't move, how would she get clothing to swap into to get out of her APT uniform? And where would she get the clothing? Anyway, sorry. Sorry, I, I know. I I know, but second, go ahead. Would they have time? No, but like, would they have time to take off the clothes and like put new clothes on? I think that wouldn't be, I don't think that would really be a priority for them. If they could, I just think like, I wonder if there is a possibility that Kim could pretend to be Loon so that they would take her instead of taking Lauren. But like, why? How would that help? I mean, besides for like the general impulse to, to not have Lauren apprehended, like, how would it be useful? Like, because she knows that Lauren is more injured than she is. And if you hand someone who's injured over to the, the, yeah, fan of sight. But who knows? Once again, my mind just says what it wants to say. I don't think, like, I think Lauren would actually have a better chance of surviving being in the Phantom Scythe than Kim, because if Kim is apprehended, right, uh, with them thinking she's Loon, but it turns out she isn't Loon and she doesn't have any just, useful yeah. information for the Phantom Scythe, they they're going to kill her off. Yeah, yeah, they're going to kill her off, especially since she's, like, police. Uh, but if Lauren is apprehended, uh, the police, not the police, <laughs> the Phantom Scythe definitely has some use for her, uh, because she, she has, uh, information about Loon, uh, Loon, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, depending whether it's Apocalypse 7 taking her in, or, like, the P- the general PS, then, like, uh, she has information for both groups, so, Oh my god. Oh what what did you just think of? Wait, okay, okay. So like yeah, so you know, okay, so there's Apostle Seven's Phantom Scythe, right? And then there's the leader's Phantom Scythe, right? Basically the same group, but one of them is basic one of them is kind of starting mutiny. So um right now I'm assuming that it's Apostle Seven's Phantom Scythe who are taking over this building, right? Because it, it is the glass factory. So, mm. you know, mm-hmm. Apostle Seven with Elvira, who owns the factory, then circus members are coming in. Uh, and they presumably all work for Radcliffe uh, when they do Phantom Scythe stuff. So, if they do get their hands like on Loon, right? Because they want to oh. get one of the Loon members, right? Oh. They're trying to get one of the Loon members. I know where you're saying. I see they're where you're going. going. To, they're going to inter, uh, interrogate Lauren because she's been the one who's, she's part of the group that's been like, or the duo that's been targeting all of their stuff. So they want to know how much she knows. And they'll probably realize that she's not Phantom Scythe herself. Uh, if they recognize her as Lauren Sinclair, then they might, uh, uh, they might be more curious than her because, you know, the apostle would know that the other two that there were two apostles who um who were her parents and so that might uh incentivize him to keep him to keep for Redcliffe or apostle seven to keep lauren around for longer uh especially if they realize that she has a lie detecting ability or if they already know that because uh you know she is uh, that would be very useful if they could weaponize it and then also she is the niece to the chief of police. So uh, 
a good hostage situation to get information from the police and get goods from the police and stuff because Tristan would want Lauren back especially since also her godfather is um the advisor to you know the king so but now I'm thinking like how would Lauren get out of this right how would we we would assume that Kieran Kim and Will are trying to help her right or they're trying they're working together to try and get her out but the thing is none of them are insiders Mm -hmm. to Apostle 7 right Kieran of course he does his own investigating and stuff and he has you know he is loon so he has been able to take down some phantom, uh, not phantom, some like A7 things. But he's not, he doesn't work closely with Apostle 7. So he wouldn't have that information on how to get Lauren out. However, you know who does? Who probably would know where Lauren is and who probably Bella. could get her out? Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be Bella. <laughs> so what if? What if Bella is the one who saves Lauren, but she, but she does it because the leader realizes that Lauren, that like A7 has one of the loon members. And so mm-hmm. now the wants leader her. wants, yeah, now the leader wants Lauren. And so he gets Bella to, um, you know, to, to what my brain just wrote, uh, to like, you know, help her escape but then Bella takes to to the leader yeah I think there's so many interesting things that can happen from here like I'm open to anything but like it'll be dramatic whatever happens Mm -hmm. I think that's also super possible I'm also wondering though like because I thought that Raphael right that's the Phantom Scythe member that we assume is here or the Pantheon member I also was thinking that Raphael is the spy master. So I'm wondering if this is Raphael, um, would the spy master do this? Like, mm-hmm. Well, that's like kind of like asking, you know, theory upon a theory kind of question thing, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has to fit together, right? For right. It to, be <laughs> to be plausible. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's it's very interconnected so you know if one thing means this then another thing could mean this but then what Mm -hmm. do all these things mean um yeah yeah. i'm like i'm content to just let it all wash over me like whatever happens happens (laughs) i'll be surprised either way because i'm like i you know i'm just Mm -hmm. i'll be happy with whatever they give me (laughs) i mean i don't know i'll be happy but like i'll be i don't know satisfied in some self-torturous way (laughs) (laughs) And I guess that leads me into the whole Athena as the messenger theory for like Apostle 7, because I think we would get that reveal soon if if Lauren is uh, does get apprehended. Maybe, I actually, I don't know, because Athena is kind of a public performer. So like if Lauren ever did escape, that would not be good. Uh, so yeah, I was a while back, I was thinking about this line that, I'm sharing this for the podcast because I don't think I've shared it here before. Uh, a while back, I was thinking about this line that Apostle 7 said about uh, how the messenger reported how Darcy had visited Bella. And I always thought that was like a weird line because that put 
Darcy in harm, right? And I wasn't, I didn't think that Raphael, who we all assumed was the messenger, I didn't think Raphael would do that to Bella because uh, it, it has been theorized that Raphael wants to keep Will safe, right? So he doesn't talk to Will much, right? Because he doesn't want the fandom side to realize that he mm. still cares for Will because then it puts Will as a target and Will might be used as blackmail. So I was like, if Raphael understands the pressure of having someone you care about and wanting to keep them safe, would he do that to Bella? Because I think I think we all have like high hopes for Raphael and we all want him to like, you know, help out his brother and stuff. So like mm. he would need to be a good person. <laughs> so we're like, uh, would Raph- I was like, would Raphael really do that? Um, so I did some theorizing and uh, we don't, um, sorry, I'm checking like this theory right now. So it was like, okay, I, I don't think Raphael would do this, right? So, and we also like found out that Raphael was the messenger after like three episodes of knowing he existed. And, and that's like very quick for a purple hyacinth mystery like it usually doesn't happen that quickly it's usually uh, spread out and there's more clues given out over time so i'm like this this doesn't seem very in character for ph to immediately be giving us the answer that oh hey it's Raphael who is the messenger and so i always thought mm. that it was like a trick. they were diverting our attention mm. cool so we, we knew that had to be someone in the Pantheon, right? If, it, if it's not Raphael, then who is it? It's probably not Eurydice. Obviously, it's not Bella. We've seen them in the same room. It's probably not Eurydice because her <laughs> tattoo is on her thigh. Uh, I'd imagine that... I don't remember where Morpheus... No, Morpheus. Um, I don't remember where uh, Orpheus, where his tattoo is. I think it's also on his thigh, probably. So he's matching with Yuri. But then I was like, you know who we haven't seen the tattoo of Athena and like she's the leader of the pantheon she's named after the goddess of warcraft and strategy uh we don't have the again we don't know where her tattoo is um and it could very well be on her wrist same place where it is for Raphael but we never know because uh her jacket is covering her wrist and there's this one panel of Athena where it's very obvious but on her circus baton, there's a head of a raven or a crow. And that is like the same bird, or at least it re- highly resembles the mask of a plague doctor, right? And mm-hmm. those are the kind of masks that the messengers use. Oh, that's so smart. I never realized that. So, that's a cool yeah. theory. I totally, I like your idea of the quick reveal being a diversion and they're fooling us all along. Because I think they're totally capable of doing that. Yeah, because, like, I mean, we're assuming that it's him, right? We don't have, like, serious confirmation. Like, he doesn't take off the mask and voila, underneath is Raphael. We just know that he has the tattoo in the same spot. And Lauren flashed back to uh, the messenger tattoo. So, you know, it's it's very possible that, like, Lauren thinking it was just a way to get us thinking about it and us taking it as a confirmation. But really, it's not a confirmation, Uh but then like there was an issue of like isn't the messenger like doesn't the messenger use he him pronouns or but that's what lauren uses and um like i was looking at the carmen camellia scenes and it's kind of hard to tell from lauren's perspective 
if there are any telling sense of gender. So, I mean, the messenger does have a more masculine appearance, like physically, but binders do exist in the PH universe and we have seen mm-hmm. Lauren use Lauren, them before. Yeah. So uh, to be more discreet about the identity of the messengers could use binders. Yeah. I don't take, I, in PH, I don't, I feel like they're, a lot of the characters are portrayed very like, gender neutral in terms of their bodies like they're a lot Mm -hmm. they're very like slim everybody's kind of slim so yeah I don't take the fact like when I see a messenger with hooded face if if there's a hooded face to me I'm like you don't know if it's a boy or a girl like that's just my um my assumption you know I mean Mm -hmm. I I even think the leader can be a woman which is kind of a little delusional because the parents you know Rachel and Alexander called him a man but whatever so (laughs) yeah so like Lauren the author's using like he him pronouns for the messenger from like Lauren's POV just ties into the whole like what if they're just trying to throw us off mm-hmm. and so I was thinking like if Athena is the messenger right then who is Raphael uh, does he have a bigger role to play in this and that's when I was like he's he might be the spy master because he is the son of the old chief of police yeah. right so uh, they would probably trust him mm-hmm. And he does have ties to the police, so it it would make sense for them to send him out. Mm-hmm. Especially since Raphael's letter, they left a will. It was very heavily implied that he himself did not buy the ticket, and that it was organized yeah. by an external party. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Athena looks really similar to Apostle Seven. Like they both mm-hmm. have the blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ponytail and like I know it's like it's so little to go off of but like I wouldn't be surprised if she is if like if if she isn't related then she is trying to like emulate him oh what yeah that's the word I was like Mm -hmm. yeah she's trying to emulate him because uh Redcliffe was and sort of seems like a very much father figure to Mm -hmm. the pantheon because he did take them and as kids and they were all orphans so like they would have all looked to him right mm-hmm. yeah. so it's very possible that Athena got super attached to him unlike I don't think Bella's super attached to him she just but like it yeah and just as a survival tactic probably Athena just tried to be like him yeah I mean when you have nobody you attach to whoever is there even if they don't treat you well yeah. mm-hmm mm-hmm with Stockholm syndrome mm. so yeah that's the Athena is the messenger theory <laughs> so Somni do you have any final thoughts on this episode I love theory it. is oh yeah <laughs> well that's 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 true that's the truth <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean my thoughts I don't I I'm not you know honestly in terms of like predicting what happened next episode I don't really care I'm like whatever happens it'll be dramatic it'll be great it'll be awesome and I'm fully like we know so fun on on Instagram said that her editor called this episode a breather so we know it'll be horrible and intense and I bet you it'll just be like it'll knock the wind out of us but I'm like however it happens it happens like I'm just looking yeah. forward to it and today self confirmed that there will actually be no mid-season so there's not going to be a hiatus or anything so like I'm just like 
there is probably going to be something dramatic, like very dramatic that there would have been in, uh, mid-season for. And now I'm just wondering what it is. And I'm like, I can, I, I hope that this circus, uh, not circus, that this, uh, factory. that this factory arc is coming to a close because we've been here for a very long time now. <laughs> and it's kind of obvious, but this isn't one of my favorite arcs. I do like, the, I have liked the last two episodes, but I think like, it's time to start wrapping it up. So now I'm like, would the mid-season end with Lauren waking up in an interrogation room? Because like a lot of us are thinking that Kieran and Lauren would like discover phantom psych tunnels. And I've been like very wishy-washy on that theory. Like the further that we get into this arc, especially now that they're separated. Mm. But I'm like, what if Lauren does end up in a tunnel or like something phantom psychy? Like, oh. <laughs> That's like, and that's where the midseason would have ended because, like, hmm. you know. I can also see him watching Lauren get kidnapped by the Phantom Scythe just yes. to drive in that guilt a little bit more. <sighs> this could have been preventable. Yeah, mm, that's a good one. Well, guys, my computer is dying, and I better get it to a, an outlet before I lose this recording. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. This was fantastic. So many. I'm glad there was a fellow uh, emotional romantic person here. <laughs> so. Oh my God. If you ever want one, that's always me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think there are, I think there are some openings in the future episodes. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. And I will catch y'all next week. <laughs> Thank you for having us as Thank always. Us. My pleasure. Bye. Good night. Have a good evening. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. It's like two in the morning, by the way, for me. Yeah. So. Please sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Lepris, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tacos, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alex, Misty, Laura, Joanne, Patty, and Jen. Your support is truly appreciated. Yeah.